0: against your lives. I thank you, Lord. The greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We stand upon the truth of the word of God, and we say in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we will live, we will not die. Your word says, I will live and declare the wonderful works of God. I want everybody to say that. I will live, I will live. and declare live. The, wonderful the wonderful works of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, give God praise. Thank you, worship team. We're going to uh, make our confession this morning, and then we're going to be sharing again on being an overcomer. How many of you would rather be an overcomer than a loser? Yeah, more than an overcomer. That's right. More than an overcomer. More than a conqueror. Amen? Amen. So that means that there's nothing the enemy has planned for you that uh, God can't take care of if you get in agreement with him say I am an overcomer yeah let's let's say our confession today the word of God is truth if I live the word I will be blessed if I don't I won't it's just that simple hallelujah you can be seated God is good amen I just love the Lord that song that we sang today um, in worship. When I was in the Philippines, they were doing that song, and I just, I, I, I wanted that song because it says, we will not be shaken. Everybody say, I will not be shaken. You know, uh, the things of this world, France this week, different situations around the world, not just in France, uh, even in our own nation, things may be shaking all around us, but we are not shaken. We may be shocked. How many of you know it's a shock when something happens we're not expecting, but we're not shaken because immediately our house that's been planted on the rock, we begin to live like that. T- tonight, we're going to pray uh, for homes, families. Uh, that I, what I heard was, bless this house. Do you remember that old song that says, bless this house, O Lord, we pray, make it safe by night and day. Uh, It was an old hymn that they used to sing, especially around Thanksgiving. But uh, I believe that's going to be our focus tonight is uh, on the household of God, on our homes, houses, your families, uh, and situations around holiday times, always a time when it's hard for families, oftentimes because of broken relationships, things that have happened. But it's not going to be that way this year. Everybody say, it's not going to be that way this year at my house hallelujah. So we're going to pray for that tonight. We welcome you to come at 6 to 7 and... We've had a great crowd of people in here praying, prayed for healings, prayed for things that I believe God's done some great things uh, in people's lives as we've prayed. Prayer works. Turn your neighbor and say revelation. (laughs) Prayer works. Hallelujah. (laughs) I want to read to you this morning from 1 John 5, 4. It'll be up on the screen if you're visiting with us or you don't have your Bible with you. But it says, for whatever is born of God... Overcomes the world. That means that if you know Jesus, uh, you're born of God, then you are in a position to overcome in every situation that the world brings your way. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You know, our faith in Jesus is the foundation of why we live. We live by faith and not by sight because we believe in Christ. And so this whole series is on overcomers. Today, we're going to talk about one day at a time. Uh, The reason for that title is to be an overcomer and to uh, what we've been talking about, out of the woods, you know, to stay out of the woods, to stay on track. Everybody say stay on track. You know, sometimes even as believers, we have opportunities to get off track, just as even Kelson was sharing today, you know, in our workplace. It doesn't seem like a big thing, but people are watching what we're doing. Amen. And they may not say anything, but actions oftentimes speak much louder than our words and I believe that the light that's going to shine in these last days uh, it's going to be a light that is a a, a security, a stability that the world is looking for. And so that means that we have to live our life one day at a time. We can't be thinking about what if tomorrow or what if next week or what if I never get to do what I thought God called me to do or, you know, what what if this happens or that happens? We have to take today and live it for Jesus. Everybody say, live it for Jesus. And so if you're an overcomer, you're born again, you're an overcomer. It's just, that's what the word says. And we believe the word is is truth, So we don't question that statement. It says in John 16, 33, we sang it today. Jesus said, uh, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And if we're join heirs with Jesus, then that means we overcome as well in that situation. So I want to read to you one other scripture in Revelations chapter 12, and then we'll uh, share today's message. But um, this is what it says about the church it says in verse 10, then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. That's why Jesus declared when he was teaching his disciples, he said, go and declare the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That means what God does in heaven can now be done on earth because of what Jesus did. And so in this scripture, it's saying it has come for the accuser, which was the devil, of our brethren of the church who has accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. That's worth a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. The devil's defeated and they overcame him. In other words, he has been cast down, but we have to overcome daily. Every day we have to overcome. So we overcome the devil by the blood of the lamb, which is an issue that's been settled. Jesus did it by the word of of their testimony. That's what we say, what we believe, what we do. And they did not love their lives even unto death. You know, um, as you're reading Revelations, there's a lot of people uh, that die for their faith. If you read the book of Hebrews in chapter 11, there are a lot of people who have died for their faith literally. But every day as believers, we die to our flesh. We die to some attitudes, some things about us that we, you know, maybe rather do it a different way. But God says, no, you can't do it that way because you belong to me. But the good news is he gives us the courage and the strength to be able to accomplish it. So um, this whole series, the first one we talked about um, out of the woods where people have been ill sometimes, very desperately ill, and the doctors will say, well, they're out of the woods. That means that uh, they've been delivered from that critical stage that they were in. Now, there's still a process that they'll go through, but they're out of the woods. In other words, they're not in harm's way at this point. They've come to another level. And uh, the critical phase has been ended. The danger, the difficulty, we're we're in an improved state. Uh, Last week, we talked about uh, getting out of trouble, how sometimes God saves us. He gets us out of the woods, but then we get ourselves into trouble, situations, circumstances, and we end up in a place where God has to deliver us again. How many of you are glad he can deliver more than one time? <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, you know, he brings us back out again. And uh, the first week Israel and Tiffany shared, and last week Todd shared this week, uh, Will Segura is going to come and share and he has a powerful testimony. Uh, about getting back on track or staying on track everybody say staying on track you know all of us have those opportunities a lot of people get into trouble and they never get back on track and uh, I believe it has to do with the enemy the accuser of the brethren begins to say things and they begin to doubt who they are in Christ and that doubt and that unbelief begins to swallow a person up. They become hardened in their heart and they begin to not feel like they can get back to where they were. And eventually how many of you know, the devil is the stealer, the killer, the one who destroys. And so that's his whole motivation. But he has to get you following him to get you to do that. So if we follow Christ, we will not be following the devil. And if we follow Christ, we will stay on track. But how do we do that? Uh one day at a time. Everybody say one day at a time. You can't look at what you're gonna do tomorrow or what you didn't do yesterday and stay on track. Because your history has nothing to do with your destiny. Amen. I heard Paul Doherty say that the other night, and it was just like, truth, ring the bell, somebody get this. Your history has nothing to do with your destiny. You can't meditate your history and complete your destiny. So uh, we're going to talk today. It says in Matthew chapter 6, uh, 24 through 34, it's it's talking about the kingdom of God, uh, how we live in the kingdom of God. And I was blessed in, in June to go to Israel and I uh, ended up uh, getting to go to Capernaum, where where this place is, where Jesus met with his disciples. In chapter five, it, it's the title of this part is the Beatitudes. Where everybody say "B," attitudes. <laughs> these are the attitudes we should be amen and he's on the mountaintop he's talking to his disciples although as this progresses through chapter 6 and 7 it says the crowd became bigger and bigger and bigger but he was on this mountain side and he was seated which that's the way uh the the people the rabbis taught was they would sit down and just teach and so he was seated there but as you look out from this place, you just see this open space, like you're looking out over all this land. And he begins to teach them. I have some pictures. I'm just going to show you this because I, it's it's fun, I think, to for me to remember, but also for you to see this chapel sits right in the center of the garden there. And then uh, I took a little walk, and they put these along the walk. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the merciful, uh, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the land. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Uh, it was just something to walk there and think, this is what Jesus said to these people. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, I, and then this is, when you sit up there on that hill, you look out over all that land out there. Um, what it must have been like to be there in the days of Jesus and have him sit down and just share with the people what he felt uh and, and what the word of God is for all of us in our daily living. Everybody say daily living. You know, sometimes you can go hear a message and it's like, well, that was nice. But what's that got to do with how I got to go home now and take care of business? God wants to talk to you about your daily living. He wants to be involved in your daily living. And, and so in Matthew 6, which is one of those three chapters, uh, he begins to talk about you, you can't serve two masters. It's verse 24. He's talking about money right here, but it's in any arena of your life. You can't serve evil and good. You have to make a choice. We all have to make that choice. When we choose Christ, we choose him. But how many of you know, evil still is polling. You know, we talked last week about the lure. Do you remember the lure? And it's always shiny and bright. And it always says, come follow me. You know, that's the way the enemy is. And it's always, it's always something that will take you away from following Jesus, but it's not always bad things. It can be just busy stuff that draws you away. But once he gets you away, then he begins to sow the seeds of doubt and unbelief. That's how the enemy works. So it says here, no one can serve two masters. He'll either hate the one and love the other or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. I'm going to share a message here sometime on loyalty. That is a, a real attribute that that I believe is lacking today. In uh, our society, you cannot serve God and Mammon or money. In that case, but then it goes on and says, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life. Do you know that's what causes people to be concerned about their money is how they're gonna how they're gonna eat how they're going to have clothing, how they're going to have shoes for their children. And he says, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Just look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil or spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, now Solomon was extremely wealthy, but he says not even Solomon in his all his glory was arrayed, not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. And this is what I want to share today. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Everybody say, live one day day. at at a time. That's how you stay on track. Uh, I've seen many people get off track because they have this vision that God's given them. It can even be a good thing, but because they don't see it come to pass the way they want it to come to pass, as soon as they want it to come to pass, they begin to drift, and pretty soon they get discouraged, get disillusioned, and they end up clear off track, and that's exactly where the enemy wants us to be. A long time ago, I read the scripture in Romans, and it said, don't worship the creation, worship the creator. And that will keep us from looking at those things that are God makes promises. They're all in here, but God brings those promises about as we believe. And so we have to have our confidence in him and seek his kingdom, seek the things he's doing for, for us in our life that will grow us in God. And then all these other things he'll bring into our life. They'll come. Um, Second Corinthians says that we're a new creation. Even though I know the day I got saved, I looked in the mirror and I still look the same. How many of you looked in the mirror and you still look the same? Uh, you know, we we don't change outwardly, but something has changed inwardly. And it says all things are made new. The Bible calls it a new and living way that we get to, to participate in. Um, but that means we're going to have to change. Everybody say change. Because in this way, uh, the Bible calls it um, putting off the old man, put on the New, And so uh, I want to look at that scripture because I think it speaks for itself. And when Will comes uh, and shares here in a few minutes, um, I believe these scriptures really, he's lived these scriptures out. But it says, um, This I say to you, therefore, verse 17 of chapter 4, And testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. Uh, How many of you know sometimes our mind can take us places we don't need to go? Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, that's hard-hearted, have given themselves over to lewdness to work all in cleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus that you put off, everybody say put off, concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Your mind is still going to rule your body. So what is going to change once you're born again that's going to make you an overcomer? Your mind is going to be renewed to the truth of the word of God and then your mind will tell you the right thing to do instead of the old thing to do. In other words, the new man will become stronger than the old man. And so in that place, it says, and that you put on, everybody say put on on. the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. That means we have to do something. We have, we have the part to play of putting off the old man and putting on the new. And if we, if we do that daily, If every day we get up and say, Lord, today, I choose to forgive. How many of you know it's hard to forgive people sometimes? But if you've made that decision before they get to you and offend you, then you're prepared and you're able to cast that thing off. In other words, you're able to put on the new and put off the old. Um, I was glad this morning when I heard Kelson share, because basically that's, that's what he had to do when his boss said, Uh, well, I give things to you to do that I don't give to anybody else because you don't grumble. And he said, well, then I think I'll grumble. No, he didn't say that. But inside there was a voice that said, this is the way you get it, you grumble. But he had to put off the old man and choose to walk like the new man, even though that requires more of him than somebody else. How many of you hear children say all the time, that's not fair. That's not fair. You did this for so and so. You didn't do this for me. Kids do that all the time. Well, you didn't. You, I've, I've heard children say, Well, when I grew up, you didn't let me do that. Now look what you're letting them do. Well, how many of you know you grow in understanding? <laughs> the first child is always the guinea pig. Did you not know that? Hallelujah. <laughs> I know because I was one. Proverbs 23 7 says, As a man thinks, so is he. So we have to think like the new man in order to put off the old man and uh, once you're born again it we are in a battle there is a fight there's a fight of faith the bible says and we will be in a fight of faith till we see jesus because the devil is roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And so he wants to play with the old man. Jesus has, he gets in agreement with the new man. And so we have that choice all the time. We're going to go with the old guy. We're going to go with the new guy. And uh, the new guy is the one you want to choose. It says in second Corinthians 10, that we cast down or we take captive. Everybody say take captive. Every thought every thought. Uh, I woke up earlier uh, last week in the morning and I was struggling with some things. And how many of you know, when you start thinking on things that th- those things remind your mind of other things. And so the pathway just goes further and further and further wrong. And, um, and I was really struggling and uh, the Lord's done this to me before. He said, well, this is how we're going to take care of this. You, you just go do something nice for him." Well, that's not any fun <laughs> because if you do this you will stop what the enemy's trying to do in your mind and so I did it and do you know what I, I, it was over I didn't have that anymore happen to me I'm telling you this works your thoughts will try to take you down a path of looking at people's faults and why would they do that to me why? have you ever thought that I don't know why they would have done that and then the Lord said, well, how about this? You just go take this nice gift to them. I think, well, how's that going to fix this? They still they still not doing what they ought to do, but it doesn't matter. Everybody said it doesn't matter. What happened for me is what is important because I cannot go down that path. If I go down that path and get up here and preach, you'll all go down there with me. Aren't you glad I didn't go down that path? Because you carry that spirit on you. It says in the Bible, a spirit of bitterness, a root of bitterness will defile everything around it. That's difficult uh, to even imagine, but it happens. And so we cannot afford to go in that woods. We cannot afford to get off. We have to stay each day on track and do what God gives us to do. So it's important that we take control of our thoughts. The thoughts are where the enemy starts his attack. And I looked at Romans chapter seven and, uh, uh, I, I, I love to read about Paul because, you know, he was just like us. He wasn't God in the flesh. He was flesh that God got a hold of, and God changed him from the inside out in a moment, but then he began to develop him into the man that he was called to be. But but he said he had a battle. Everybody say a battle. He had a battle between this old guy and the new guy uh, himself it, you know, some people think people are bipolar. I just think they, they're having a struggle sometimes between choosing what, what they're supposed to be. And, that's, and they get labeled. And then how many of you know, I'm not against people taking medicine. I've taken medicine in my life for my mind. But I want to tell you this. It won't heal you. It'll help you. But even a doctor will tell you this will not heal you. We'll just help you. Be able to deal with what's going on. Healing comes from the throne room of God, and that's when you go to the place of conflict. Everybody say conflict. Yeah, I got to get to the heart of the issue. And uh, when I was praying about this message, God said, "I want to pray for. I want you to pray for people today who are conflicted." Have you heard that word before? Conflicted. That means that people have two things pulling on them at the same time. Uh, have you ever said of somebody, "I think they're crazy. I think they're nuts." I think they're schizophrenic, you know? One day they're this way, and the next day they, you don't even know who they are. You don't know who's going to show up. Have you ever said that? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up this morning, didn't know who was going to show up when I looked in the mirror. <laughs> Hallelujah. It happens. Everybody say it happens. It happens to people because the enemy is trying to pull us off that track that God has set for us. And uh, and so, you know, we have to be careful. Well, Paul uh, said in Romans chapter 7, for we know that the law is spiritual but I'm carnal, sold under sin. What does that mean? That means that when Adam and Eve failed in the garden, we were sold out to sin. I mean, what they did opened the door to sin to come against us. And uh, you know, I have people sometimes say to me, why didn't they get healed? Well, I don't know why they didn't get healed, but I can tell you this, we live in a fallen world. And sin and sickness and disease are in the world. And sometimes I don't have all the answers, but people do Uh, die they pass on to heaven uh, because of sickness and disease and things i don't have all those answers except that that this we are sold out to sin and so we as believers have to really be an aggressor of walking in divine healing or the enemy is going to find a place he's going to come he's going to try to dump that stuff on us and so he said what i now listen to this for what i am doing this is paul i mean this is paul who's written all this stuff i do not understand For what I will to do, that I do not practice. What I hate, that I do. Have you ever felt that way about yourself? Well, you know you're in good company. Because he said, what he he finally says is, I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Everybody say inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Your flesh will desire to do the wrong thing. But your mind has to be renewed to the inward man so that your mind will say, no, you're not going to do that. And that's how this whole thing works. You're still spirit, soul, and body. So your mind plays a huge part in what you make the choice to do. But we can choose to do the right thing. Then he goes on and says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with my mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So I have to get that flesh under control. We talked about that last week, but I love the next verse chapter eight, verse one. There is therefore now no condemnation. Everybody say no condemnation to those who walk in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh. We put on the new man and cast off that old man. But according to the spirit for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, Jesus has made me made me what free of the law of sin and death. Praise Jesus. All we have to do is choose to stay on track to choose every day. I'm going to seek first the kingdom of God today and his righteousness. And then all these things that I have need of, they're going to be added unto me. I'm not going to choose what my flesh makes, maybe make my flesh feel good, but I am going to choose what God says today. I'm going to seek the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added. Uh, Will, if you'll come up, I want you to share, but um, God brought will to our church a couple of years ago. And, um, we have really been blessed by this guy and, and Vicky, his wife. And just um, Will is just a, a mighty man of God. Hallelujah. But there was a day. Oh, I've talked the whole time. I just caught myself. Have you been entertained? I have two microphones.
1: <laughs> See, Will? Therefore, everybody gets the word. <laughs>
0: I just preach to myself and everybody. Hallelujah. You take that. Okay. Good thing we have a great sound man back there. He just shuts that thing off and lets me pretend all the time. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. If I ever get this, all right. <laughs> but anyway,
1: when did you get saved, Will? Uh, in 2013. So I said I know I said 14 last yep. service, but <laughs> I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, uh, yeah, it was uh, January will be two
0: years. Okay. In two years. It's a miracle what the, the Lord has done, wouldn't you say? Yeah. In your life. It has. Amen. Yes, amen. Um, tell
1: Tell your story a little bit about where you were. Okay, well, I grew up in Chicago. Uh, I was raised in a Catholic church, and uh, we went to church pretty often. Uh, they prayed about—they told you about God. They didn't teach us anything about them— Jesus being forgiven and forgiving and what uh he died that he died for you. they didn't teach us none of that. All they did was tell us about it. So as we grew as I grew up, uh took the wrong path, joined a gang, started selling drugs, um, did a bunch of things that I wasn't supposed to and became a broken person. And uh after that the devil in my mind would tell me that I wasn't worth it, that it didn't matter. So, I considered myself not, not wanted. People would try to talk to me about God, but it wasn't the time for me to stop and really think about what was going on. So, time went on and I had to leave Chicago. Got a phone call about three o'clock in the morning. They said, you gotta leave or we're gonna put you away for a really long time in jail. So, I left packed the whole big duffel bag full of money and left. So for some reason, I got drawn to Lafayette. And I came here, lived, started running out of money. When I ran out of money, I was going to gave God a shot. And I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm like, uh, God, If uh, if um, if you could find me a job, that'd be awesome. I want to work. I don't want to go back to doing what I was doing. And when i asked god for a job the next morning he came through i looked on craigslist the work section and there was a job for me so after i took that job i called the job they were like yeah coming for an interview but something inside me told me go ahead and grab your boots and your and your work pants i was like for what you're going to an interview He's like all right so threw it in the truck went to the interview when i got to the interview the guy was like hey uh We're so so far behind. We need more help. I'm like, I got work boots in the car. So then they gave me, started to work right after I got that job, got into the union. So God came through. So then after I started working, uh, went to a church, pretty big church. Didn't, I went there, and I'd fall between the cracks because there were so many people. I was like, you know, sit there and listen to the word of God because I did like listening about God. But I just didn't, didn't know how to follow him because nobody had ever taught me how to follow him. So every time they'd make an altar call, they'd ask if, you've, if you, you want to walk with Jesus, walk up front. And when I was standing and looking, I would just look, and I couldn't bring myself to come up there because something inside kept telling me, you're, you're broken, you're, you're, not, you're not worthy enough to go walk over there with him. You're not, you're not that's not for you over there so i could never I could never do it. I never took the courage to just walk. I just stood there and just let this thing inside me tell me how i wasn't worthy worthy or worth it. so stopped going there, kept working and then, in two thousand and thirteen, we came here and it was like it was a life changing experience really coming to victory. first time we walked then we got greeted with so much love and I just didn't know how to take it I got home and my wife was like uh, so what'd you think I, was like, I don't know man them people are weird <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just all this love that I didn't know how to how to take it and I was like people were hugging you that you didn't know and I was like I'm not I don't get hugged and I didn't get <laughs> hugged by another man you know I was like I was like, whoa what's, the, what's this <laughs> but I, I then she was like well let's go back let's give another shot I was like uh, alright let's do it so we <laughs> came and it just victory softened up my heart and it helped me get closer to God because after Pastor Pam Pastor Bill would preach then ex- explain to us and tell us how Jesus died for your sins and it doesn't matter what you do that God's always going to love you if you follow Jesus so I was like I would sit, stand there they would call altar call after altar call and I would just want to do it and I couldn't do it because that same voice but then after them preaching I figured out how to put them under my feet and I just stepped right over them and took the altar call <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> hallelujah uh, he keeps trying to give me back the microphone, but I keep giving him more to talk about. Um, just, just share the story about right after he got involved. He, he said, yes, I'll go help somebody. And, and I believe that God really used that on a, you know, began to pull him out day by day into more things of Jesus. But tell about going to the prison.
1: Okay. Um, I went with uh, Pastor Mike to go do a no visit. Visit. It sounds weird, but it's a, a bunch of kids that they're either their family gave up on them or they don't, they don't, their family just disowned them or they live too far away and they can't visit them. So Pastor Mike was like, hey, do you want to come with me? And I was like, I couldn't say no to him because he's a pastor. So I was like, all right, I'll go. <laughs> but I was just like, I was sitting there and I'm like, I don't know. I got home and I told my wife, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm like, I don't. I don't know if that's my place to tell them anything. And then she's like, "Well, what God tell you to do?" I'm like, I'm like, "All right, now I got to go find out." <laughs> so I go and and I ask God. I'm like, "God, could you give me a sign? Could you give me a sign of how I could figure out what if this is my spot? Because if it's not my place, I don't know what to do." So Pastor Mike didn't know none of my background. He just saw Bald guy with tattoos and figured, you know, he could probably, he, this guy could help somebody. <laughs> he saw something in me. So I was like, all right, so I went. And then when I got there, he didn't know nothing about me, so he sat me with these kids. And these two kids stood out from all the other five of them. So I was like, so what are you guys in here for? And they said gangs and drugs and this and that. So I was like, hey, that sounds like me. So I was like, it was, the, the visit was coming to an end. So I was like, hey, what gang were you from, dude? And he named off the same gang that I was from in Chicago. So that's when I know I was like, all right, that's, that's, you, you, you showed me that I do need to be here. So I did keep going with them and yeah. visiting when I can. Yeah. But,
0: Tell them about the kids up in Chicago when you went home recently. Oh
1: yeah. When, uh, we went to a cotillion for my, for my niece and, uh, one of my nephews walks up to me and he's like, Hey, uh. Well, get me some beer, dude. am like, dude, you're 18 years old. I can't get you beer. And he's like, why not? He's like, your wife isn't even paying attention. She's not going to get mad at you. I'm like, dude, I'm like, I'm sorry, bro. I can't do it. And he's like, why? I was like, well, first thing I want to do is I want to apologize to you for not being the role model that I should have been. I'm like, I'm sorry that I wasn't the person to tell you that you shouldn't do stuff like that and to follow God and to do what's right instead of what's do- putting you in this situation where you're doing underage drinking now. Like you could hurt somebody if you get drunk, and I was like, I can't, can't get you alcohol. But I apologize to him because I should have been a better role model to all the all the kids that came that were growing up watching me grow up. So that's I think that's why I reach out to most kids because a lot of a lot of their lives could have been lost because of me. So I try to help as much as I can to bring them back to God if, I, if they were lost. How many How many, uh,
0: how do, how many of you know uh, kids that could use a good role model? You know, we, we, we live in a world where I'm, I thank God for Will and for other guys that are doing that. And then uh, the other thing I believe that uh, is he was sharing with me things and uh, things, I've, things I've seen in his life, Will became a giver. He began to give more than he was interested in receiving. When day by day you're looking giving more than receiving, God does something in your heart. And uh, telling that last story about your raise oh, situation.
1: well, I was at work and I was talking to this this guy that I work with, and he was telling me how he needed more money, that he was he didn't have enough to pay his bills and you know keep food on the table for his family. And they don't get paid much when they first start the apprenticeship, so they weren't he wasn't making enough cause he drove about our two hours from two hours away. And, uh, he was like, I just, I'm not making it, man. I'm, I, I don't have enough money. I'm like, and he's a hard worker. So I was like, the, the, the boss was talking to me and he's like, dude, we're going to get you a raise. And I was like, all right, whatever. I didn't think of it at lunchtime. We're sitting there and he's talking to the owner and he's like, you know, you got to give more money to will. Well, you need to give him more money. And I was like, Someone inside told me, was like, stop him. Tell him you don't want the money. Give it to him. So I was like, all right. I was like, hey, uh, stop. (laughs) I'm like, don't. like do not i do not want the raise. I'm like, give it to him. He deserves it. He works hard. And I'm like, someone inside needs to tell me to give it to him. So they gave him the money. And as soon as I said that, this guy turned around and looked at me. And he just started tearing up. He saw the look in his eyes. And he was like, dude, nobody has ever done this for me. And I was like, well, someone inside just told me to let you have it. But something inside told me, also give it to him and you'll get something, something better, which it did. So Tell them what they you gave me a foreman pay, and now I'm, a, I'm the boss now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: better. You know, the word of God says if you humble yourself, God will exalt you in due season. And the one thing I see in Will's life is um, just like a childlike faith. What would you say to me? You said, I, I, just, I just tell God or ask God. Yeah, I just
1: leave it to him and don't bug him about it. I just <laughs> ask him something and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'll ask him for something and I just put it in his hands and just don't ever, don't bring it back up. And if he really wants me to have it, I've got that faith in myself, in God that he'll just, he'll give it to me if it's, that's what I need. Amen. Amen. Let's stand.
0: You know, the Lord, yeah, give God a hand and uh, stay right here, Will, because I want you to pray for people. Uh, Philippians, um, I love this scripture because, uh, you know, God has a purpose and a destiny for everybody. And uh, no matter how broken or how hearted uh, you become, which when Will came, it's true. I, I could tell, you know, people going for him or to hug him, it was like... You know, because when you grow up in an environment where you're the guy, you take care of everything, you you have to take care of yourself and all this stuff, you become very hardened. Like, I'm not going to let anybody get to me. And how many of you know God wants to get not just to you, he wants to get through you. He wants to get in you. And so he would feel that when he would come. And I remember when he first told us, because uh, we did his and Vicky's wedding, that uh, you know, that that when he first came, we were weird, really weird people. But you know, God can seem weird, can't he? I mean, God can seem weird. Like the man that he gave that race to, I'm sure he thinks Will's weird. But weird in a great way. Hallelujah. Because, you know, that was God blessing him. And so uh, I believe God lays hold of us for a purpose. And it says in Philippians 3:12, not that I have, this is Paul, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on. And I see Will in that scripture that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. In other words, God lays hold of us and then we go lay hold of what that is that He has assigned for us to do. And I believe that's what happened in the prison. I've watched as Will's grown in the Lord. I told him today, now listen, when you testify, get ready, because the enemy try to come at you and smack you around a little. Oh, he said it already happened this morning. <laughs> You know, that's how the devil does. He comes to tell you, you shouldn't be talking to people because, look, you just messed up. Everybody ever say this. The accuser is the devil. The encourager is God. Amen. And he encourages us by letting us know. He let will know that day in that jail with those young men, I put you here. And then Will was confident, and he's gone back many times since to, to take care of those and minister to those kids. It says, brethren, brother I don't count myself to as apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching toward those things which are ahead, I press on. Everybody say, press on. Press on, press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads this morning. And if you're here this morning and you never received Jesus,